CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. On today's episode, I'll be chatting with Jean Smart. You know her. She's incredible. She stars in Hacks on HBO, Emmy Award-winning performance. I mean, I have loved Jean Smart since, like, Designing Women. There was that episode of Designing Women that she did with Dolly Parton, and it changed my young little life, and I've been obsessed with Jean Smart ever since. So getting the chance to speak with Jean Smart was, like... It was just everything. It was everything. And this year she's up once again for Best Actress in a Comedy Series for Hacks. She's probably going to win. So listen to our chat. We talked all about her winning last year, what it meant and how it was kind of roped in with the passing of her beloved husband last year. It was really, really sweet and, and touching to talk with her about that. And then also what this season of Hacks was like for her. So it's a fantastic chat. I hope you enjoyed it. Just I hope you enjoy it just as much as I enjoyed talking with Gene Smart. I love Hacks. I'm obsessed with Hacks. I I, I, I know Lucia and Paul uh, really well, and, like, I just, big fan. And I think this season is my favorite just because in watching the first six episodes, Deborah on the road is exactly what I needed in my life. It was it was a jolt of energy that like was so exciting. I want to know if you think her being on the road helps show a different side of her and like how how is she different this season? I know. I, I think you're right. I mean, somebody said the other day, they said, well, you know, Las Vegas is almost like a third character yeah. Yeah. in the show. And and I said they said, but you're not shooting any anything of vegas this season i said it's true i said so the road has become the third character yeah which is which is fun because it kind of gives us new opportunities for all sorts of mm. you know dreadful things to happen <laughs> <laughs> and um and and also too of course there's there's that uh that psychology of being on a road trip with somebody where mm. you're you're going to start to get in on each other's nerves after a while even if it's in a big bus you know? yeah yeah not always in a car so there's always that and um i mean my god deborah's bedroom on the bus compared to where she makes ava sleep it's like she's in a submarine <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of dolly dolly's bus i don't know if you've ever seen videos of dolly parton's bus but it's very deborah <laughs> And I've got, and I've got, they didn't show, you couldn't really see it on the camera, but I've got hot pink spikes coming out of my hubcaps, like, like in Ben-Hur. I mean, it's hysterical. It's so funny. I love it. I love the, you're right. The dynamics of being in an enclosed space, even like on a ship, on the episode that you were on the cruise ship. I mean, oh my God, it's it's just it's it comes up with so many great moments and i think yeah. between you and ava like the the frictions but also the similarities between you two bring out something in deborah that that for me is really exciting i want to know like what do you think her character brings out in deborah that like maybe she's afraid to reveal that that ava brings out in deborah yeah 
I think part of it is um, Deborah having to finally admit, maybe not out loud, but even just to herself, that she actually does need somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she Ava also brings out some maternal instincts in Deborah. Yeah, because Deborah has so much guilt about her own daughter. Um, I think it's a real layered. Yeah. Very, very layered. Um, and I think she enjoys the friendship, you know, mm-hmm. but she also enjoys, you know, abusing her mightily, too. <laughs> <laughs> it is sort of a sick joy. I mean, watching it because so much of television now, I feel like there's a lot of um, I don't know. Everything seems really nice. And I love that Deborah isn't necessarily nice. There's a lot of joy <laughs> in her being abusive and rude and mean and <laughs> You know, and it it must be fun for you, maybe in a sick, twisted kind of way to play that. What do you think? Oh, not even sick or twisted. It's great fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's I mean, it was it was gratifying that that part hadn't gone away for for season two. You know, that Deborah still delights in making Hannah suffer, (laughs) especially when she feels justified in making Ava suffered. But it's really great because she feels like, you know, all bets are off. Yeah, anything's there, you know. Definitely. And I mean, the stakes are really high, so it's fun to see her go crazy like that. I, what yeah. what qualities, I mean, this is a sort of a weird question to follow that, but what qualities <clears throat> What qualities do you share with Deborah? Hopefully not the sick and twisted kind, but maybe. I mean, you know, that would make me love you even more, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard that about you. <laughs> um, well, we're both very vain. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. Although I can completely toss my vanity aside if it's worth it, like for Mayor of Easttown. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Just had to just forget that part of me. Yeah. Um, we both like sparkly things. <laughs> um, we uh, we both have love love being a smart ass sarcastic you know, person mm-hmm. to make other people laugh. I love making people laugh. Yeah. Um, I do like the fact that Deborah is not a cliche. I don't think she's a cliche. Yeah. She's, she doesn't abuse the people around her except for Ava. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because she respects people who work hard. Yeah. And because she always worked very, very, very hard. I think that's what she has in common with the character of Marty. Mm -hmm. I think they're almost too much alike. They both respect each other and that they started at the bottom in a really tough industry and worked their way to the top of their, what they do. Um, And of course, if she's in a bad mood, then, you know, all bets are off and she's, you know, can be rude to anybody, (laughs) but she, she, um, but it's her, it's her, it's her bitterness. And I think in her inherent, there's an inherent sadness that, that I do not share yeah. with her. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can relate to the sparkly love and the pink and the everything over the top because I, A, that's also something we don't see a lot on television right now. Just a woman just unabashedly loving I'm, your hair journey on this show. I love that. You know, without the bump on, you wear this little bump on your head when you're performing and stuff, but then when you're not, you have, you know, the Jean Smart short hair. And it's, it's, I love it. It's so over the top and fun and very 
reminiscent of sort of why I love Joan Rivers, I think, because she just sort of fell into the beauty of it all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, and also we wanted to, we wanted to make a point right away in the pilot that she, it's a wig. Yeah. And she goes home and takes it off. Needs <laughs> the dogs. Um, yeah, I, I um, oh shoot, I was gonna tell you something that just slipped out of my mind. Oh, well, I mean, I can help you get there because I have so many things. I, the other thing that I love that I've, that is a regular topic on a group chain that I have with friends is Deborah's love of soda and having a soda machine in her home and bus, <laughs> bus. is, is a life goal that I know I will never achieve. <laughs> But I want in my life. You must love that about Deborah. I mean, that's so. Oh God, extra. yes. Because I I used to drink. The first thing I would drink in the morning. I don't drink. I don't drink coffee. I never have. Yeah. So, I mean, I've tried coffee, but I don't. I'm not a coffee drinker. Yeah. And uh, I would I would have a diet coke in the morning. Yeah. That was my source of, I guess, caffeine. Mm-hmm. Although I don't really like the way caffeine makes me feel, but. Uh, I now know that that's not probably a good way to start my day. So I don't get it as much as I used to, but they, they were so sweet. Oh my God. They treated me like such gold on the show. And season one, they'd say, um, okay, what kind of soda do you want in your soda machine? You know, yeah. I said, well, please, if you can find it, caffeine free diet Coke and Dr. Pepper, caffeine Dr. Diet, Pepper. diet, Dr. Pepper, the best tastes more and, like original Dr. Pepper and the set uh, decorator asked me what were my favorite flowers and I would have bouquets of fresh flowers oh, everywhere wow. on the set. It, it, it just was, was, um, it was just fabulous. And, yeah. it was, and I suppose that's the way people treat Deborah, you know, yeah. um, you know, and then that fabulous dressing room at the, at the casino, which mm. I just, which I just with a little conversation pit. You know? God bless that HBO money. I mean, you know, really, really. Oh my God. And our set designer, this darling guy, John Carlos, he was very proudly showing me that some of the rooms on the set when we first started, cause I love that house. It's yeah. so pretty. And it, and I'm glad though, cause I thought originally it was going to be like a Liberace kind of really <laughs> over the top Vegasy looking yeah. one story house. Mm-hmm. I liked the fact that it was really rather traditional and tasteful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and grand. It's a little more than I would want, but it, it's quite, it's quite lovely Definitely. and beautiful art collection. Yeah. But there's a, there's um the top of the, uh, the chair rail, at the top of the wainscoting, mm-hmm. there's this plaster work, this strip of plaster work. And he said, look closely at that. He said, what do you see? I said, well, it looks like an acanthus leaf. Yeah. Every other, and then it looks like in between there's a tongue. <laughs> He said, yes, yes. And he did that just for me. Oh, wow. He said, said, your character describes herself as a mouthy broad. And he said, so I thought it'd be fun. And no one in the world is going to notice that or see that. He said, you know, but he did it because he thought it would be fun for me. I mean, it's fun for me now, too. I amazing. I have to say, I, I mean, you... I am the president, vice president, and secretary of the Gene Smart Fan Club, unofficially, but officially now. And I, you are the Meryl Streep of TV. I've been saying this for years. It's how I'm going to lead this feature on you. You are the Meryl Streep of TV. And I want to know, like, when you started out, because you, you, you and Betty White share a record of being the only people to win an acting Emmy in every single acting category for comedy, and which is wild. Did you... Because I know you started in theater. Like, did you ever think that you would be going in the direction of comedy? No, not really. No. Um, 
In fact, when I first got to L.A., someone said in an article that, that I had been with Second City or something. I thought, no, not me. No, <laughs> no. Because um, I mostly had done dramatic um, oh. theater productions. But I love doing comedy. Yeah, I love it because you, you get and on stage, especially you get that immediate audience feedback. Yeah. And I mean, with with designing women being what it was, which is I mean, that that moment, as soon as you and Dolly Parton episode happened on designing women, I that's when I fell in love with you was like that episode. It was just it broke my I was an eight year old obsessed with watching the show with my mom. And then seeing that episode, I was like, OK, I'm done. I'm done. This is my person. And and I what blows me away is you went from designing women and you could have easily been pigeonheld into sort of that type of comedy and doing that for the rest of your career. And then somewhere along the way, you shifted into being this sort of like, like I said, the Meryl Streep of TV. When for you do you think that shift happened? Well, my first job after designing women was the Eileen Warnos story. Yes. Who was the first the dubious title of being the first female American serial killer? Mm-hmm. That was the first thing I did after designing women. Did you do that intentionally? I suppose that crossed my mind, but they offered it to me, and I thought it would be. I, I like I liked the script. I thought it'd be really interesting to do. Mm-hmm. Thought it was an interesting story that never obviously never been done before. And um, I remember asking the producer at one point. I said, "Why did you?" think of me for this. Yeah. And he said, I, I wanted her to be sympathetic. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think for me in following your career, which I have, because you know, again, president of the fan club, it was, it was 24. It was your performance on 24. That was like, I feel like I started screaming at people in the room. See, I told you, I told you. And it was, and it just, it really sort of, it, you started then going in with Fargo and Mayor of Easttown. And I mean, so many different projects after that. And, and, and I mean, they're literally it's an endless list. What, what with 24, how did that sort of change the direction for you? That was, that was probably the biggest shift mm. was 24. Um, that was one of my favorite jobs. One of my favorite jobs. Um, yeah, that was a great part. Although I remember at one point, she started getting just kind of preachy. And I said to the producers, I said, I just feel like she was a little more fun when she was off her meds. Can you get her off her meds again? (laughs) (laughs) They had her fall off the wagon. It was a lot more fun. You have a lot more to work with. But the first scene the first scene, I remember now when I read the script, I said, I have to do this. I have to do this. The first scene where we, the character is introduced, I said, this is the best introduction of a character I've ever had. Yeah. Where she's standing there, just dressed to the nines, beautifully expensive suit, hair, makeup, jewelry. And she's standing there looking in the mirror and she says, I look like a wedding cake. And she dunks her face in the sink full of water. Yeah. And then she goes out and starts screaming at the secret service agents because she wants to talk to her husband. <laughs> She's got mascara running down her face and wet stringy hair, and they're trying to stop her. He's doing a press conference in the garden. <laughs> she needs to talk to him, and they won't let her, and she's screaming at these ser- secret servicemen. Yeah. I said, this is the best intro to a character ever. I will admit to um, using that gif of you 
with the with the makeup and running out of the room and everything on 24 as a gif I share with friends. Is there one? Yes, there is. It's out there. Oh. I mean, I've shared it before of friends being like me waking up in the morning. Like it's literally. You have to send it I to will, me. I will find it and I will send it to you because it is, it is oh, one that is shared. God. It is one that is shared for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you have so many gifts, though, which is another thing with Hacks. I mean, you won literally every award you could win for Hacks. It just was nonstop. I, and I'm a greedy I, bitch. Yeah. Josh, I'm a greedy bitch. You are, but you deserve all of it. You deserve all of it. And I want to know, like, you've won, a, you've won a, a lot of Emmys for a lot of different projects. What, what did the win for Hacks mean to you? What did that mean for you? Well, you know, it's always very gratifying to win something for for a project you're really really proud of i don't think it would feel as good winning for something that you weren't particularly proud of maybe Mm, so that that was that was nice but it was all just way too tied up and complicated tied up with with losing my husband it was just too ironic i couldn't even try i didn't even try to get any meaning out of it in terms of why is this happening now and um So it will always be intertwined with with, yeah. with losing him. I think in some way, though, because you, you mentioned him a lot in your speeches, and it was really poignant. And I think it deepened sort of people's interest in Hacks, in that here, knowing that backstory and what you did to deliver that performance, it just, it was really sweet. It was a really sweet, heartwarming, I think, thing for people to see you go, to see you win these awards and to honor your husband in that way it was it was it was really lovely oh that's nice i um i was very happy that he was part of the in memoriam section because they won't tell you yeah of course 100 percent one way or the other so i was i was a wreck Mm -hmm. i was a wreck because i thought what am i going to do if he's not yeah i will you'll pull a deborah i'll have to quietly just gather my child and leave the room yeah Um, so, you know, it was interesting because when he passed, we had, I had five days left of work on season one Yeah, and the producers and the HBO were so kind. They gave me, you know, after several days, they, they approached me with three different schedules Mm -hmm. that I could choose from because obviously I had to finish. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was either just go right back and just do five days in a row, boom, 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 and get it over with Yeah. or spread it out over a couple of weeks or take off a couple of weeks and then do the five days. Um, and I opted to just go right back and do the five days in a row. Mm. Um, but one of the scenes was the funeral scene yeah. of Ava's father. And I'm not sure I was, I was really afraid I wasn't going to make it through that scene but it actually turned out um really amazing to be to be great yeah yeah i mean it's yeah that that was everything my last question for you is you have a new movie coming out soon with brad pitt mm-hmm. and margot robbie and which is amazing those two hacks i know those who are they hacks. who are they <laughs> my question for you about that i know you can't say much about it i'm sure you can't but my really only question for you is were they intimidated to work with you because I would, I if I was Brad Pitt, I would be like, Gene uh-huh. Smart. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> 
They could not have been sweeter. And Brad has a private chef, and he sent me lunch every day. <laughs> That's and amazing. It's going to be hard to go back to normal catering. After that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to do thank this. You. I really appreciate it. You're just the wonderful, and I, I'm just well. I'm, you're a dear. I'm thank so you honored. so much. Expect Jean Smart to win on Emmy's night. She's probably going to win, so keep an eye out for that. And look out next week for my full week of Emmy's coverage. We'll be doing stuff online and on the podcast, and I'll be telling you who I think is going to win based on sort of critics' reception this year. It's just going to be a fantastic week of Emmy's coverage. And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. If you liked what you just heard, consider leaving a little rating and review and maybe sharing it on social media. And you can find me at H. Allen Scott on everything on social media, so tag me when you do. And for more on the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day.